Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking your people to hear your voice today and not mine. Let your word shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you can. Open your Bible to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. It's a beautiful, beautiful story in the Bible. It's a beautiful story in the Bible. I want to talk, we've been talking for the last several weeks about, about kingdom culture. You cannot drag your old culture into the kingdom without it adversely affecting you. And a lot of times, one of the things that takes change in your life or that causes change in your life is you find out another another way is possible. So if if... I remember one time I was told a story about a lady and her mom cooked the best pot roast on the planet. And the first thing she would do is she would cut the pot roast in half and then she would season it. She would put it in the pot and then four or six hours later, man, you had just the best pot roast you could imagine. So the mother taught the daughter by, by, you know, uh, uh, growing up in the house to cook the best pot roast. So she would cook the best pot roast. And one time, one time the daughter who was now a woman, she had uh, company over, her family had company over and they were eating the pot roast. This thing is amazing. Oh my goodness gracious. You got to share the recipe with me. Well, the lady said, well, the first thing you need to do is cut the pot roast in half and then you start seasoning. Then you put it in the pot and the person's trying to write it down. They said, wait a minute. I said, you said we need to cut the pot roast, cut the roast in half. He said, yeah, you need to cut the roast in half. She said, well, he said, well, why do you cut the roast in half? The lady said, well, that's a good question. So she called her mom. She says, mom, hey, the pot roast was a hit again. It was amazing, totally amazing. Everybody loves it. Matter of fact, I'm sharing a recipe with somebody else, and they asked me a question I never thought of. Why do we cut the pot roast in half? She said, oh, baby. The only reason I cut the pot roast in half is because I never had a pot big enough to hold a whole one. The minute that you find out what you have been doing is not the only way to do it. It's just the way you were taught or you taught yourself or otherwise. So it's the same thing in kingdom culture. A lot of times... We don't recognize that what we're doing, maybe there is another way to do the same thing or to discuss the same thing. And I just want you to know what I'm about to say might really hit home hard. And I just want you to know I'm going to be delicate with my words, but, but it, it might hit home hard. And, and, and this is, this is the kind of conversation that can literally change your life. Okay. So when we've been talking about when we've been talking about kingdom culture, we've been talking about some of the different attributes of the culture of the kingdom of God. One is, is love. In other words, we love people first because that is a kingdom attribute. Uh, uh, other is we expect the supernatural. That is a kingdom attribute. It's a part of our culture. 
When, when it looks like there's no chance, we still know there is a chance because we serve a supernatural God that can do anything. But one of the things we talked about is our dialect, how we talk. Oftentimes how you talk gives away where you are from. It gives away the culture that you come from. So if you're from Boston, you probably don't sound like you're from uh, uh, Pasadena, Texas. You know what I'm saying? Because how you talk oftentimes kind of gives away your culture. So I'm going to tie in some of that dialect today. But I want you to know one of the attributes of the culture, and we're going to talk about it tonight. One of the attributes of the culture of the kingdom of Almighty God is we are a generous people. Now, when we, when, when we say that, the, the first thought is, that's right. Yeah, I do love to give. I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm a generous person. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to help people. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm committed. But, but I, I want to present to you that it's, it's more than that. Your generosity can be limited. And most of the times, the limits of your generosity are not the numbers in your bank account. Most of the time, the limits of your generosity are predicated by the vantage point of how you see life and what comes out of your mouth. But the people of God are generous. Every time we see generosity in front of Jesus, he either immediately blessed it immediately rewarded it or immediately spoke well of it. He never had somebody be generous and criticize them. As a matter of fact, if we get to reading this story in John chapter 12, we find out that Judas Iscariot, the one who sold Jesus out, he was the primary one who ridiculed one lady's generosity. But your generosity is not just based on how much money you have or how much resources you have or how much time you have. On the exact contrary, a lot of times, every one of those things I just mentioned can increase exponentially if you can change how you think, change how you see life, and change what comes out of your mouth. I'm going to give you a few examples, and it's going to be very much rubber meets the road examples. But before we do, let's go to John chapter 12. Jesus, six days before Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which was dead, whom he raised from the dead. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table. So the guy who was dead for four days is now having dinner with Jesus. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the whole house was filled, somebody say filled, was filled with the odor or the smell of the ointment. Then said one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which would betray him, which should betray him, why was not this ointment? sold for 300 pence or 300 pieces of silver and given to the poor. This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag. He was the treasurer of Jesus ministry and he bare or he stole from the treasury of Jesus ministry. Now, let me just give you a couple of points. Number one, 
Jesus knew Judas was a thief. And Jesus did not run Judas off. The Bible says he will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You are going to need an enemy or two in order for God to prepare a table in front of them. So just because somebody does you wrong does not mean you need to run them off. Sometimes God just wants them to stick around so he can see, so they can see you get blessed. So Judas, he's sitting there and he's complaining about it. And he's saying, I can't believe this. We should have sold this for 300 pieces of silver. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my burying, she's kept this. In other words, she anointed me for my burial. For the poor you'll always have with you, uh, but you will not always have me. I won't always be with you. So what, what, what we see is very clear. We have somebody who is extravagant in their giving. They're very generous. Mary is very generous. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Judah said she probably, they probably could have sold it for 300 pieces of silver. Many historians believe that is approximately one entire year's wage of a laborer in those days. So whatever you make for a year, picture bringing that to the house of God and setting it in front of everybody. Not privately. Setting it in front of everybody. So say you make $150,000 a year and you walk in here with a wheelbarrow with $150,000 in it and you come and dump it on the table, dump it on the altar. That's what she did. And everybody can see it. And the whole house was filled with the aroma of her offering. And the Bible says the one person that spoke up said what the world says anytime somebody finds out a Christian is generous. They should have done something else with that money instead of wasting it on Jesus. I'm talking about a year's salary. This woman comes and pours it out. Listen, the only time, most of the time, the world spends a year's salary in a, in a day is when they go buy fireworks for the 4th of July. So you come, you bring your whole salary, say it's $150,000. You put it on the altar. There are only two camps. There is Jesus camp. And there is Judas camp. Now Jesus is over here sitting and he is defending her generosity in front of every naysayer there. And Judas is criticizing her generosity in front of every naysayer there. He says, we could have sold this for 300 pieces of silver. I cannot believe it. We could have given it to the poor. Doesn't that just sound so holy? This is what the world says. Constantly. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Why they got to build a church that big? Because we don't fit in the one we got. Why they got to do it like that? Why they got to do it? They should have done something else. Aren't you sick of people who aren't helping you, telling you what you should do? God bless everybody. Who in here's ever gone to get your driver's license renewed? <laughs> Who in here has ever gone to the post office? God bless every postal worker and every person that goes works at the DMV or whatever it's called. 
Who in here has ever had to send something off to the government to get it back? License plate, whatever, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. Yet they get on TV and tell you what you ought to be doing. And they had not balanced the budget in their life. And they're messing with our money. This too much? It's just us, right? It's not like online or anything. You're spending our money riding on planes that were bought with our money. How are you campaigning when you're supposed to have a job that we already voted you in for? When do you work? If you're always on the news. How many parties are there? How many galas and events are there? I very seldom see them wearing the same clothes. Who bought all those clothes? I'm not particularly mad at it. What I'm trying to say is, if you can't manage that, then shut your mouth about how individuals ought to manage theirs. This is not Democrat or Republican. But if you're going to leave the helicopters... And the, and the, and the tanks and the people and then tell us where our generosity should go. You're, you're a total, total unique type. You got Jesus or you got Judas. The little boy comes and says, all I got is my lunch. I got some fish and some bread. And Jesus didn't say, well, you should have brought more. He said, looky here. Now, I can work with that. I can work with some generosity. Because we're a generous people. Somebody say generous. Generous. We're a generous people. You want to get out of the current level you're in? I'm going to tell you how to do it. You give your way out. You want to break out? You give your way out. Or don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible says, whatever you sow, you'll reap. So if you want to get out, then you sow your way out. You give your way out. The world's going to say, oh, that that doesn't work. Jesus or Judas? But I was talking about dialect a second ago. Sometimes you just don't know there's a different way. 
And I mean this with all due respect. And some of you are going to go, that's exactly right. And some of you are going to go, what? You can spend the rest of your life not complaining about how expensive things are. You can spend the rest of your life refusing to get in the chorus of society that says, can you believe gas is so expensive? Who in here has a car? Who in here has a car that runs on gas or diesel? So your vehicle needs gas or diesel to function, correct? You have to go to work or you have to take your kids to school or you got to go down to Kroger and get some tacos. For all I care, you got to go somewhere. So you need fuel. Your Bible says God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory, not according to your bank account. So if you keep talking about your needs as if they are insurmountable, you are talking more about your need than you are the one who is going to supply it if you will talk properly. We are a generous people. And you begin to change how you talk. You begin to change how you think. Stop looking at your now as if it's forever. Come on. If you come from a family that is terrified of money, you don't have to be terrified of money the rest of your life. If you come from a family that constantly complains about, well, they never help us and they never this and they never that. You can, listen, there's a whole nother way to live life. Okay, you ready? Instead of complaining about people never helping you, you can look for ways to help others because we are a generous people. Then you begin to reproduce after that seed that you actually sow. So now if you want help, you sow help. Then God begins to cause the harvest to come back to you. That's how it works in this kingdom. But you can't go talking and sounding like the world and thinking you're going to get kingdom results in the area of your finances or the area of your resources. You have to change completely. If you're around a bunch of people that poor mouth, you probably need to get away from those people for a season until you learn the dialect of the kingdom that talks like this. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Everything I put my hand to is going to prosper. Everywhere I put my foot on it, God gave me the power to get wealth. So does covenant may be established on the earth. Be not deceived whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. You begin to sound like the kingdom because the truth of the matter is people want to, people talk like this, not, not you and me, but they talk like this. They say, they say, well, you know, it's weird to talk about money in church. Nobody should be talking about money in church. I don't know where that came from, but, but it's very perpetuated, but I found something out. It's not just church. It's people don't want to talk about money at all unless you are complaining about it. And then you'll have everybody in their donkey want to talk with you. Can you believe? That they're charging $6 for these taquitos on the appetizer menu. Now, I'm not trying to make too light of it. I really don't want to embarrass anybody. So nobody knows anybody. If you've, if you've ever said these things, praise the Lord. Nobody, nobody knows. So don't, don't be like, oh my God, that's me. Don't say that. I'm just telling you, there's a whole nother way you can live. 
It's a whole nother way. You can elevate above this stuff. If you need fuel in your car, trust the God of all creation to supply your needs according to his riches and glory. If you've never owned a house, I dare you to start house shopping right now talking about my God is going to supply my... He's going to put me in a peaceable, peaceful habitation. You can live a total different way. You can, you can stop, you can stop worrying about what, what, what something costs and just realize it, it could cost a million dollars a minute. The truth is, if I had way more money than that, I wouldn't care how much it costs. You can, you can flip the whole thing. You can, you can, you can live completely free from the world's system and the world's mentality when it comes to your resources because the world will never understand it is through your generosity that the generosity of the kingdom of God flows into your life. You can't decide I'm going to become a giver whenever I've got, you know, X amount of money. Because I'm just going to tell you, when you got X amount of money, whatever that goal is, it will be more difficult then if you don't start now. Because the scripture says, he who is faithful over a little will be given a lot. But if you don't show yourself faithful over a little and you spend all your time just complaining and complaining and complaining, you literally are using the time you could be faithing to complain. You could be believing the word of God instead of complaining. And, and, and again, to some people, this is going to be a radical concept because you've never had a conversation that w- about money that wasn't complaining. You can break free of that. There's a whole other way you can do it. I, 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 you know, I take my kids to the store and all, it's like everybody else. And it's always, it's always interesting to me. I was, I was at an academy. If you're watching online, it's like a sporting goods store. And I remember this little kid, like five years old, picked up a pair of shoes. And they looked at the price tag. And it was like $45. And they're like, woo, that's expensive. How do you know, four-year-old? How do you know, five-year-old? I'll tell you how. Your kids don't do what they say. They do what you do. That kid spent his whole life hearing that's too expensive. And before you know it, they start thinking that's what other people can get. God's people need the leftovers in the corner. Praise God, if you're operating on a leftovers in the corner budget, you operate on it in excellence. But don't you talk like leftovers in the corner. If you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't you act like you're staying there. Don't you talk like you're staying there. If you're going through an Egypt season, you're making bricks for somebody else. Don't you act like you're staying there. Don't you act like God's not going to redeem your time. You talk victory. You start saying, I know my deliverer is on the way. My redemption draweth nigh. I look to the hills from which cometh my help. I thank God. He's taken me and my family. My kids will never be broke. They'll never be borrowing money. They're not going to graduate college in debt. I guarantee my God's going to make a way where there was no way. I guarantee it. Down in my spirit, I believe. You got to prophesy your future because the truth is, whatever's coming out of your mouth, you are prophesying your future. 
So if you go through life just complaining and murmuring, oh, money's so hard, money's so hard, your kids will think money is a three-headed monster that's hard to get. I'm not trying to make light of it. I understand these are generational curses. That get on family lineage, and before you know it, you talk a certain way, and you don't even, you don't even. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The first words out of somebody's mouth when they say a number, when it comes to money, is, "Whoo, it's so expensive." Who told you that? The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to our God. All the gold, all the silver, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And I believe with all my heart, there is a remnant of people that is rising up. They're just going to say, I don't want to live by the world system anymore. I don't work for a, for a living. I work for a giving. And the minute I get that seed, I put it in the ground and then I cover it up and I bathe it with faith and I water it with love and I stand. Having done all to do, I continue to stand because I know if I don't quit in due season, I'm going to reap. But I'm not going to Judas camp just because I don't see it today. I'm talking about a generous people. I'm not talking about I gave X amount or I didn't give X amount. I'm talking about changing every facet of your life when it comes to generosity. You talk different. You walk different. You think different. You start, you start, you start, you start sounding like the Bible when you walk around because People, people, they don't bother when you talk about money in church. As long as you're complaining about it, they're happy. I don't know if I should say this. Okay. Okay. We bought this building. I thank God for it. I met one of the guys that was a part of the deal and everything, and he came by the other day. He walks in. He goes, wow, y'all have done some stuff. I said, yeah. He goes, this is awesome. I said, yeah, we're about to build a new building right off the end of this one. He goes, ooh, bet that's going to be expensive. You paying for it? I didn't say a word. He starts to crawfish. That's country talk for backing up real fast. (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to say you can't do it. I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now. Our God supplies our needs according to His riches and glory. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But you know how you know how that money is. I said, I don't know how that money is like that. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not in that societal construct of let's all talk like we're poor. If he says, let the poor say, I am rich. That's what it says. So people, it's not like people don't want people to talk about 
money in church. People don't care about anybody talking about money as long as you're complaining about it. You can talk about it. If you start talking about money at your job, as long as you're complaining about it, somebody say, they ain't paying enough overtime. They ain't doing this. I tell you what, we don't need all that new uh, paint on the walls of this building. They could have given us all a bonus and it would have been incredible. As long as you're complaining, everybody's happy. But if you walk into that same meeting and say, I don't know about you and I don't know about you, but my God is in place and he is supplying my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm thankful for this job, but this job is a place that resources come to me, but my God is my source. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. You're one of them. You better believe it. <laughs> because it's a shift when, when you realize we are a generous people that serve a generous God. And there's only two camps. There's Judas and Jesus. Uh, they should have done that with this and that and that blah, blah, blah. The minute you find yourself telling somebody else what they should have done with their resources, you have jumped with both feet into Camp Judas. And let me just give you a couple of things real quick. He was stealing out of the bag. Peter ripped out his sword and tried to cut a man's head off when they tried to arrest Jesus. Peter would cuss you out at the drop of a hat. If Peter would have known Judas was stealing, he would have choked Judas out. The reason he didn't know is because if you only got $2 and a dollar comes up missing, everybody knows. But if you got exceedingly abundantly above more than you could ask or think, you can lose more than most people are making and you don't even know it. That's because Jesus' ministry was radically blessed. His name, uh, uh, he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. She was 12 years old. You remember that? If your 12-year-old daughter was dead and Jesus raised her from the dead, wouldn't you bless Jesus? He did this everywhere. So much so that the Bible says if, if, if all the books in the world couldn't contain all the good things that he did. People were given everything they had. They were taking their clothes off and throwing them in the street so his donkey would not step on dirt. We try to make it sound religious, but the fact of the matter is everybody was pouring into Jesus life. So for Judas to be able to skim a little off the top, Peter didn't know. John didn't know. I think John would have done something about it, but Peter didn't know. The reason he didn't know is because if there's only $2 and somebody steals one, you know it because now all you can have is one burger off the dollar menu. And Peter pull out that sword. I'm going to cut it 12 ways, guys. <laughs> We're a generous people. There's only two camps, Jesus or Judas. Judas, he complains about whatever you give and tells you what you should have done with it. You should have sold that for 300 pieces of silver. In the book of Matthew, it's where we find out about Judas when he sold Jesus over to the Pharisees. And interestingly enough, he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He sold the king of kings 
for the tithe of what he was complaining about later, earlier. Because your tithe is the sign of the covenant that you have. So if you do not tithe to the house of God, understand here what I'm telling you. I would never lie to you. You are tithing to the church of Satan. Judas or Jesus. If you do not tithe to the house of God, you are willingly stepping outside of the constricts of what God says is the recipe for a blessed life. Malachi chapter 3 is where you find all this. If you're not doing that and you are maintaining I don't care about Netflix one way or the other, but you're maintaining your Netflix or your sudden link or you're maintaining your your uh, fill in the blank. You're tithing to Netflix. No, I would never do that. You are doing that. Because there's only two camps. It's Judas or Jesus. Judas, after Jesus was arrested, he took those same 30 pieces of silver and he threw them back to the people that had paid him. But it was too late. Because Judas operated under the plan of, I've got to go get it if I'm going to get ahead. But in the kingdom of God, it's not about going and getting it to get ahead. It's about giving it and getting ahead. So you you have to change your, your entire philosophy. Remember Jesus and John the Baptist both taught the same thing. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent is the word metanoia. It means change your mindset. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is attainable. The kingdom of God is is, is at hand. But you got to change how you think. You can't have heaven's results with the world's mind. You can't have heaven's results with the world's mouth. You have to change how you think and change how you talk in order to walk in the, in the generosity that God actually makes available to you and me. But, but I'm telling you, it doesn't, it doesn't happen when your bank account changes. Your bank account changes when you change. Your bank account changes when you have a couple of awkward, silent moments with some people that you love very much because you decided, I'm breaking out of this stuff. I don't want to spend the next 40 years of my life just complaining about money because our family has complained about money for the last 150 years. I don't want to do it. I want to break out of this stuff. I don't want my kids thinking that money is unattainable for a believer. So, so, so here's some practical things. Because you also have to be a good steward of where you are, okay? So you don't go, you know, if, if you're not making a million dollars a minute, you ought, to, you ought not be spending 500000 a minute. Does that make sense? But with your kids, you don't have to tell them, oh, that's just too expensive. Oh, my gosh, that's way too much money. We can't afford it. Blah. Just, just, you don't have to say all that. You can just say, we're not getting that right now. We're not getting that right now. Oh, can we not afford it? Our God owns everything. We could afford anything, but we're not buying that right now. He said, well, 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 how do I explain it to him? You're the parent. That was the explanation. Well, how much money do we have? None of your doggone business, approximately. But we're connected to the source that will never run dry. 
So, so you, you, you start talking different and, and before you know it, now all of a sudden they start thinking different. And if you can get them to bypass the pits that you fell in, if you can buy, if you can get them to bypass the pits that you fell in, they'll go, listen, they're supposed to be our offspring. They're supposed to spring off of us. They're supposed to stand on our shoulders and from the, from, from standing on our shoulders, they should be able to see what we cannot see. So they, they start going to, to these other levels in the area of their finances. And it all started with generosity, but not the world's generosity. Because the world takes a, a, a multi, 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 multi millionaire that makes $5 million per game, whatever sport they play. They give $5,000 to something. And then they throw a whole parade that costs $25,000 for the $5,000 gift that, that equated to about point oh 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 1% of that person's revenue. When God said, if you'll bring first your tithes, your offerings in the house of God, I will open the windows of heaven over your life. Listen to me. If you've never seen it, believe it anyway. What do you have to lose? Well, I, I, I've never seen it. My, my family didn't do it. My, 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 my friends don't do it. They, they don't understand me. They will not have to pay Whatever you have to pay for. So stop listening to people like Judas who have nothing invested in the situation. And listen to Jesus who through his own life poured out on Calvary's cross verified that more than the, more than the breath in his lungs and the blood in his veins, he loves if he said he would do it, just believe it. He said it sounds too simple. I know. But I'm not standing up here telling you about something that I don't experience. From long before I was ever a pastor. I got involved in this and decided to just believe it and try it and stand on it and live off of my seed and live off of our giving. And Crystal and I together live off of our giving. And before God Almighty, His Word works in the area of your finances. But you will never experience it unless you believe it and you do it. So a kingdom culture attribute is generosity. But it can't be something because your heart is pricked on a Wednesday night because the preacher said some words that sounded good and you were motivated to throw $20 in a bucket as if God needs your tip. It is a lifestyle that says my whole life is committed to you. The reason he asks us for our tithe. Is because it is the thing that you are exchanging your life for. You go to work, say 40 hours a week. That's 40 hours of your life that you are exchanging for something. And you can say all day long, well, I do this job because I want to make a difference. Look me dead in my face. You would quit right now if they stopped paying you. It's the world's trap. They try to talk you into all these reasons that you're doing it. It's a lie. Those are the micro reasons that are underneath the macro reason. The macro reason is because they give you money. 
going to say it again just because I don't want anybody to think that like, like this is a misquote. They do these things now, Jake. They put them on the, on the Instagram. This might be one. You exchange your life for money, at least a portion of it. That's the way that it works. So when you take what you exchanged your life for and give 10% and your offering into the house of God, you have effectively sowed 10% of your life that week into the kingdom. That's why it's so critical to God. God doesn't need paper with dead presidents on it. He needs our heart. He needs our faith. He needs us to prosper so that his covenant can be established. But if you, if you come from a family lineage of all we do is complain about them and complain about them and complain about them and complain. They never help. And this is why I didn't get ahead. And this is why this. this is, there's enough stories of people that started with a lot and ended with a lot. And there's enough stories of people that started with less than nothing and still ended up with a lot. So don't give me this nonsense about how God can't do it. But you got to decide I'm not being a part of that anymore. I'm not going to sound like the world and expect kingdom results. I'm not going to talk like the world when it comes to my money. I'm not going to talk like the world. There's a scripture. It says money answers everything. The reason money answers everything is because practically every problem in the natural you have, if you have more money, you can fix it. Practically. Every single problem. Right now, if you had enough money, you could pick the... If you had never chartered a plane in your life, you could pick the phone up right now. If you had enough money and you could have somebody with an airplane in less than a half an hour sitting on the airport ready to take you anywhere you want to go if they knew you had the money and could pay. And we got politicians doing it. We got celebrities doing it. We got... Musicians doing it, if you can even call half of them musicians anymore, that effectively what they look like is people who take all their clothes off. And then they call them influencers. And then we spend, listen, these are the, these people, I'm sure there's plenty of good people there too, but these are the people that spend 15, 20, 30, 50 million dollars on an event. The Oscars. So that they can slap each other on the back, give each other an award, and then stand up there and tell you what you need to do with your money. All the while charging you $13 to go watch their movie and, oh, by the way, buy $10 worth of popcorn, which is about that much. So they're saying one thing, but they're doing something else. I don't care how much the popcorn costs. I don't look at price tags. And that's not a joke. I don't. This was something I changed a long time ago. I don't look at price tags. If I want it, we get it. So that sounds arrogant. No, I'm a son of the king of... I'm a child of God. Should my kids look at price tags when they ask me for Skittles at the gas station? Should they, should they be sitting there, Dad, how much is this stick of gum? Can we afford this stick of gum? That's disrespectful to me. Why would I 
disrespect my father by setting my goals and ambitions based off of something that the world deciphered as a way to control people, which is monetary value. Your God owns everything. Your God owns everything. Your dad owns everything. What if we really started believing it? I just saw an angel right over there. What if we really started believing it? What if we really started believing it? And we started walking it out and exceedingly abundantly above more than you could ask or think, more than you'd have room enough to contain. What if this entire section turned into millionaires before the end of the year? Why can't God do it? What would we do? We would just feed more widows and orphans. We would just build churches in other towns. We would do more good. The devil hates people that are free from the concept of the world's monetary system. And we start living a generous lifestyle, not based on Judas camp, but based on Jesus camp. Well, I just don't think you ought to talk like that. Well, what should we talk like? Get in line, shut up, be still, take 1,500 years to do one thing that would have happened in a microsecond if we'd had the resources to do it. Why are we, not not you and me, but why are we stuck in the world system but acting like we're we're connected to a kingdom? I don't want to be stuck in the world system. I, I want to be, I want to be in the world, but not of the world. I'll tell you what will cost you pretty much everything. Because when you talk like I'm talking right now, I promise you, it attracts some serious criticism. But I decided a long time ago, I believe the book. And I follow it to the best of my ability. And if you will change your mindset and you will change how you talk, then things will just start to shift and function and flow in your life in a different way. And the only way you can do it is the same way Peter found out that his shoes would float. You got to get out there on the water. You don't complain your way to the next level. You give your way to the next level. If you've never tried God in the area of of, of tithing to the house of God, try him in this and see that he'll do it. If you say, man, I'm a tither and and I just still, I still feel stuck. Then ramp it up a little bit. Be not deceived. Whatever you sow, that, 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 that shall you also reap in the same measure that you pour it out. It will be given back to you. In the same measure. But, but, but if you keep, if you keep talking money and finances up like it's some indomitable mountain, that's what it will be to you. Because as a man thinks in his heart, that's how it is with you. Whatever you say, that's what it is to you. Whatever you think, that's what it is to you. So you can just change the whole thing and you can say, I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I know, I know I'm, I'm still in the, the, the second hand corner right now, but I ain't staying there, bless God. Joseph, Joseph, he had his pit season, he had his prison season, but before it was over, he was in the palace feeding everybody who complained about him. 
I know Moses, he, he spent some time on the side of a mountain, but he still went over there and he set everybody free. I know Noah had to spend some time building a boat, but he got to ride on the first cruise liner filled with a zoo and he came down and sat on the Mount Ararat. And when he came out of that place, the Bible said the first thing he did is I got to give some kind of thanks offering to my God. You may be in a different season. You, you, you may be sitting there and there's nothing but lions around you roaring and screaming. I dare you to just rest your head in the pillow of one of their manes. The devil may be threatening you with a fiery furnace. I, I double dog dare you to say, I'll just meet Jesus on the inside. Fine with me. How dare you to take your, your alabaster box. What are you waiting for? Has he ever lied to you before? I'm talking about a generous people. I'm talking about a, a people that, that aren't, that are, we don't sound like the world. We don't look like the world. And before God, we don't have the world's results. It starts changing this and changing this. Before you know it, things just start shifting in your life. You start calculating how to give more and not how to hoard more. Because you know when you put it in the ground, that's not the last time I'm going to see that seed. It's the last time I'm going to see it that small. Because we're generous people. Scripture says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I've experienced that. But I've also experienced something that... I don't know when it started, but... The Scripture says... The reaping will overtake the sowing. And that's where I live. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant about it. I'm just telling you the truth. That's where I live. My reaping is overtaking my sowing. So I have to keep increasing my sowing. Because we're generous people. And I know for a fact you can't win the world being like the world. I was talking to Pastor LaShun today and we were just visiting about the Lord which is our culture. It's our custom. And he said something so beautiful. He said, we'll never defeat evil by trying to out-compromise the devil. Where have you compromised? And be honest and try to figure out why. Was it fear? Because fear doesn't come from God. Was it concern about what somebody would think? If 
it's in the area of your generosity, what if, what if you just said, you know what, forget it. I would rather, and I've, I've said this a thousand times. I'd rather be in a ditch with Jesus than in a palace without him. So if he said do it, I'm going to do it. And I believe in Jesus' name, we are on the cusp of the greatest financial harvest that the body of Christ has ever seen. And I'm not just saying that. I believe the Lord is showing me this. I believe he's been telling me this for two months now. And I haven't said it much to anybody. I believe he's telling me it's coming right now. And I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. I feel like God wants to do it with single mothers. I feel like he wants to do it with widows. I feel like he wants to make a spectacle out of orphans. I feel like he wants to do it with the people that are downtrodden. I feel like he wants to do it with the people who have a rap sheet a mile long, but they got radically saved by God. I feel like he wants to do it with the doctor and the lawyer. I feel like he wants to do it with everybody who calls on his name and just decides that's what I'm going to, that's how I'm going to live my life. I feel it. I feel this wave coming. I feel, I feel it coming and I, I know it's, it's not going to be a single crest. It's going to crash over his people time and time and time again. And you say, I just don't think that can happen. Let me tell you something. Adam was the wealthiest man alive. Abraham was the wealthiest man alive. Isaac was arguably the wealthiest man alive. Jacob at one point was the wealthiest man alive. Joseph controlled more wealth than anybody else on the planet. Noah was the wealthiest man alive. Moses was the wealthiest man alive. Joshua controlled the army of the wealthiest living nation on the planet. Jesus Christ is and always was the wealthiest man alive. Don't tell me God can't do it. In one moment, the Israelites went from slaves to owning everything they had looked at for 400 years. In one moment. One moment. They owned everything. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's coming though. And if you'll believe it, you'll be a part of it. But if not, you'll be sitting on the sideline going, I just don't understand why. It doesn't make any sense to me. Or you could just believe. I think we're coming into a season... Where your concept of generous is going to have to increase. Because what he wants is to show that his people are strong in the earth. Don't give like it's your last dollar. Or the last time you'll see that dollar. Give with expectation. That his word is true. And it's really going to come back. Can you say amen to that? Let's give God a hand of praise. Just stand to your feet with me if you could. We're going to wrap up service. I I honestly feel a contention in the spirit. 
I feel, and, and I feel it has a lot to do with our conference coming up. I feel it has a lot to do with our building. I feel it has a lot to do with just the, the 2020 and 2021 and so many different ministries were so, um, they were just hamstrung in the process. I feel this radical wave of the vengeance of God coming. And I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, death and, and the death angel or anything. I, I'm talking, I sense a recompense. I sense a recompense coming and I sense right now there is a, a final stage of the adversary that's doing everything he can to just get people to stop believing. Just don't believe. Just don't believe. Just I, I sense it so strong that the enemy is just trying to war against the concept of God's power and glory breaking out and manifesting amongst this church. I sense it so strong. I, 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 I wake up in the middle of the night and, 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 and the Lord takes me to different scriptures. So clearly right now it's, it's, and I, I just know it's a season of radical warfare. Has anybody experienced warfare in this season? I sense that we're in a season of just radical warfare. But if there is no fight, there is no victory. Can we lift our hands just for a moment? I know it's really late already. Father, we love you. We'll serve you with a lot or we'll serve you with nothing, but we will serve you. But your Bible is so filled with the promises that were purchased. God, we don't want to sound like the world. We don't want to look like the world. We want to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We want to be salt and light. Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would cause the devourer to be rebuked off of your people. I thank you in Jesus' name for what some people would, would, would say is a big project, but to you it's nothing. thank you that our building is paid for in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you that our expansion is paid for. I thank you for every city you're going to give us. I thank you for every minister and, 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 and preacher that's coming up right now in Jesus' name through the ranks of New Heights Church. I thank you, Lord God, for giving us other cities and other counties. I thank you, Lord God, for increasing us. I thank you, Lord God, for the generals of faith that are in our children's church right now, that are in our youth group right now. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing there. I thank you, Father. Thank you that we're not going to be the same. We're not, we're not going to be, we're not going to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We're going to stay focused on you and focused on your word. And we're not just going to talk about it, but we're going to show, Lord God, we're going to show that we have been changed and we're going to live a generous life, Father. We're going to be generous. We're not going to look through the lens of the world and complain about every little thing. And we're just going to start looking to you. We're not going to try to, try to grind our way out of every season. We're going to give our way 
way out of seasons. We're going to give our way out of plateaus. We're going to give our way, Father. We're going to see your hand move in our finances. We're going to see your hand move in our lives. Our children will not be plagued by debt or uncertainty. Our children will be the head and they will not be the tail. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our church. I thank you, Lord God, for the conference coming and every minister that's coming in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord God, for you to deposit a word in them that we need. I thank you for your power and your glory. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for the new songs that are coming out of this house. I thank you for fresh manna and fresh revelation. I thank you that thank you that the the old will see the young rise up and the young will see the old serving God with joy I thank you that every ethnicity is represented and welcomed in your kingdom I thank you that every culture I thank you that every culture and background is welcome in your kingdom as we pick up your culture. I thank you, Lord God, for your eternal and immortal hand in our life. Now, Father, whatever whatever element of prosperity that was purchased by your son Jesus I release it on your people now by faith I thank you for new ideas and inventions for contracts and businesses for promotions and raises I thank you for checks in the mail I thank you in the name of Jesus for inheritances. Thank you, Father, for swift settlements. I thank you for rapid return, Lord God, as we sow. I thank you that you are blessing our coming in and you're blessing our going out. But I release a new season of prosperity on New Heights Church. I release a totally new season. Thank you, Lord. I'll say that. I release a new level of prosperity on New Heights Church. We will not spend the rest of our life complaining. spend the rest of our life expecting and representing you well. I thank you, Lord God, that the children of this house, that the standard will be excessive resources in their life. It will be the norm for them. I thank you for many partnerships and businesses that even come out of our children's church where you will have given them great ideas 
And as they get older and in the right time, Lord God, they'll even partner and be in business together and expand the kingdom of Almighty God. I thank you, Lord God, for professional athletes coming out of our church. I thank you, Lord God, for politicians that will uphold the banner of righteousness coming out of our church. I thank you, God, for taking us to new levels. Let us be known as a generous people. Let us be known as a people that stand out from the crowd because we sound different, we walk different, we look different because we are different. We're not what we used to be. We're your children now. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God another hand of praise. Lord, I'm asking you to bless your people coming in. Bless them going out. Bless them in the city and the field. This day and every day. In Jesus' name. If you got one more praise locked up in you, come on, turn it over. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.